Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Martin from The Big Inside View. You're about to listen to Graham talking about Gordon Strachan and the great genetics debate. You'll want to stay tuned for this one. We also talk about Leo Messi and the possibility of the little genius not being at next summer's World Cup, depending on his country's result against Ecuador tonight. This is the full episode for free. We're recording another tomorrow, Wednesday, which will include Graham's reflections on that Argentina-Ecuador game, his thoughts on Spain's qualifying campaign and England's under-17s. That follow-up episode will be exclusive to our socios. There will be nothing on the free feed. If you want to sign up to become a socio, head to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome to another Big Inside View. Um, the last one contained a little bit of politics. This one is going to contain a little bit of genetics. We're going to start with Scotland, um, who drew 2-2 away to Slovenia on Sunday night. Um, that result left them in third place in the group. That meant they missed out on a playoff spot on goal difference. It will now be 20 years and counting since Scotland last qualified for a major tournament. France 98 seems a long, long time ago, Graham. It does, it does, and um, you know, like anybody else who feels the colours a little bit and, and who believes in the importance of the national side doing well to inspire people in our country, that hurts a little bit. Um, but if I set aside the fact that we didn't qualify, if I even set aside the fact that um, I like and, and believe in the national manager, and if I set aside the fact that watching um, the most recent home game against what I thought was good uh, Slovakia side and watching the Lithuania game away which is as good and as assured and as confident on the ball performance I've seen from Scotland for a very long time even setting aside sort of last or the penultimate 18-20 minutes of the the England game um, and, and the inspiration that I must have given I think we're more or less at where we should be very close to qualifying looking for um some changes in terms of the personnel used at the beginning of the group and maybe some good fortune. Um, but rather than focus solely, Martin, on the fact that we didn't qualify, the thing that you know I'm going to speak about, you, the thing that 20 minutes of conversation before this uh, big inside view has, thankfully, I think you'll be sure, calmed me down a little bit, is that I've witnessed a level of disgraceful level of debate around the United Kingdom, not just in Scotland, about what Gordon Strachan was trying to communicate after the 2-2 draw. And the reason I go directly there is, in, in football terms, whether people want to remove the manager or not, whether people like Chris Sutton um, or Michael Stewart believe that Gordon Strachan got things wrong at the beginning of the campaign, uh, whether or not 
they think he, the manager, is to blame for conceding a late goal um, to England or conceding twice from being in a winning position in Slovenia. If people want to take these things up with Gordon Strachan, I'm not here to go out and bat for Gordon Strachan, the national manager. It's my perception that um, I've begun to see a full hand in that. I've begun to see performances that I understand. I've begun to see the promotion of Robertson and Tierney. And it may be that people say, well, you know, you literally need to be, you know, half-witted not to promote them. Okay, fine. I think that um, irrespective of not qualifying for this tournament, the Scottish international team is at a stage where my personal view is that things are going in the right direction and I would probably ask the manager to stay and learn from his mistakes. Some of the things we've seen in football over the years are managed, and I'm not comparing Gordon Strachan's ability with Alex Ferguson, but when Alex Ferguson came and fell out with Willie Miller, when Alex Ferguson saw his team come back from Gothenburg and win the Scottish Cup final against Rangers and then savaged the players on the pitch, um, when Alex Ferguson was at Manchester United and took several years to get a grip of the situation, people said, we'll let him learn from his errors. Now, Gordon Strachan is of a different age from Alex Ferguson at that age. And it's, it's, I'm not saying they're like-for-like like abilities, but if the keen-eyed critic... Let's say, let's say Chris Sutton, you and I both think that um, behind the things that make people angry in his vocabulary, there's often a lot of common sense in what Chris Sutton says. And he's been very critical about original team selection at the beginning of the group and mistakes. Well, I look at where the team is now and I think, there's something positive to hold on to there. And unless there's an absolutely clear-cut candidate who's going to do things better, if there is, that's the law of the jungle, then I'm slightly more enthused about what I've seen in the last four or five games than other people seem to be given credit for. But when Gordon Strachan finished the game, and even if he didn't communicate at his very best, but he used the word genetics, the the reaction of, you know, like the, the fairground game, smash them all. There's the mole's face, get a mallet and smash him. Gordon Strachan and his and his phrase have been treated in the most inane way. The yep. level of debate has been appalling, and it's that that I'm railing against. Sure. Let me just come back in here, Graham, because we should maybe provide a little more context for folk. Scotland lost a couple of goals from set pieces on Sunday night. One was a free kick, the other was a corner. So Strachan, after the game, this is him, I'm quoting him directly, he says, genetically, we are behind. In the last campaign, we were the second smallest apart from Spain. We had to pick a team to combat the height and strength at set plays. Genetically, we have to work at things. Maybe we get big women and men together and see what we can do. But it is a problem for us because we have to fight harder for every ball and jump higher than anyone else. Nobody can tell me their technique, apart from one player, is better than any of ours. But physically, we have a problem. We seem to be able to battle it and get through just with sheer determination and skill and work rate, and that takes a lot out of you. As I said to them, you can go away and be really proud of yourselves because you push yourselves to places some maybe didn't think they could go because we were against a physically stronger side, a side that has never conceded a goal here. Against a physical side, we knew set plays would be a problem, and they scored from two set plays. We can't change the genetics and just can't play the biggest people in Scotland. Technically, we are fine, but our lads have got to work harder on the ball than bigger lads who are six feet two or six feet three inches. Okay, you got me pumped back up again. So, anybody who listens to this, if they come away with it from this broadcast with the impression that I'm being defensive about Gordon Strachan per se as a friend, or defensive about his group management or squad management, 
then they've got it wrong. Where I cannot stand by idly is listen to the lack of quality, the lack of intelligence, the lack of open-mindedness in the debate, the degree to which, certainly in the media, the idea is let's find somebody to blame, let's make him look like a clown, let's use phraseology to mock him. And we live in a culture whereby, in Scotland, as far as I'm concerned, rather than striving for excellence, rather than opening a debate up, there is this, there's a note, there's somebody who's put their head above the parapet and said something. So that's brilliant. Let's smash them back down again and go back to four years of wondering why we can't do this. So let me piece it off one by one. Is Gordon, is there, was there any grounds for anybody, fan, um, Scottish media, UK media, ex-coach, ex-player, to come out and say that Gordon Strachan was talking about height over technique? No, there wasn't. Not only has he been somebody who throughout his playing career showed that he valued technique at all cost, and he was not only born a special footballer, but he practised until until he became world elite. It became clear later in his life that he pro- helped prolong his career by eating well, by living well, by changing his dietary habits and how he slept, and therefore he played to a ripe old age and kept on playing at a very high level, longer than most people were used to at the time. Although I'm only picking on one example, um, you and I sat opposite him a couple of years ago talking about technique. Gordon Strachan isn't simply somebody who exhibited brilliant football technique, um, like uh, you could say somebody of his height, if if you want to start talking about Billy Bremner or or Jimmy Johnson or Willie Henderson. Strachan was somebody who didn't simply show the technique, he was able to promote it and talk about it. And as a Scotland coach, I just quote some words where, I ask him in the big interview, um, when I talk about what's lacking in Scotland, what's where, where we've gone wrong in terms of mimicking the philosophy of, say, an Andrew Zinesta, who we were talking about at the time. And Gordon says, it's quite simple, hours and hours and hours of practice. He says, I was at the university the other day, and I was saying that if you want to be better than the other group of players, you have to work twice as hard as them. It doesn't just mean footballers running around, closing people down. It's working with the ball all the time. He said, I've studied football in various kids' academies for 10 or 15 years now, and I do believe that it's all got to do with the ball and the number of touches. There's something fundamentally wrong when a kid can go from, say, Aberdeen to Kilmarnock, play a game of football for 10 minutes, then get back on the bus or in the car with his mum and dad, and then go back up the road. So they've spent nine hours travelling to get eight touches of a ball. That's all wrong. I think I worked out, I gave an example that academy players every Sunday, the better players, get 120 touches after eight hours of travel. And that's a waste of time, a waste of time that can be used on the ball. And Gordon explained that he asked his wife to tell him when half an hour was up, he went into his garage and he starts kicking the ball off the wall, keepy uppy off the wall, controlling it with his left foot, kicking it with his right foot, kicking it off one wall, stopping it with his right foot and kicking it with his left Various touches, outside foot, inside foot, and he got a 1,000 touches in half an hour. That's the equivalent of eight games of academy football that he got in his own garage in half an hour. And he, he, his key quote, Martin, is Gordon Strachan says, until you master the ball, all the rest of it is a waste of time. You can make the runs, the sorts of runs that Iniesta does off the ball, all these top footballers, but if the ball isn't going to come there, it's a waste of time. He said, I think it's a lot pe- simpler than people think it is. Just to finalise this point, He talks about reading a book about female Korean golfers. The researchers of the book visited the place where this top Korean female golfer and others practiced, and they asked a few questions. They asked the Korean golf coaches, at what point do you focus on the swing? And the answer that came back was, we don't coach the swing here. So the follow-up research question was, 
well, what's your secret? And the answer was quite simple. They said they arrive at 7 a.m. in the morning. They leave at 8 p.m. at night. 11 to 13 hours of golf a day, stopping for breaks. So without asking that to be applied literally, Gordon Strachan is an evangelical disciple of Scotland across the board, whether it's amateur football, junior football, school football, developmental semi-pro football or young professional footballers working harder on their technique, their touches, how confident they feel on the ball, what they do with the ball, what part of the foot that they can use. This is an absolute evangelical gospel preacher about technical ability and technical intelligence. So for anybody to say that, like you know, Barca Jim on Twitter, I'm talking to you, it, it, to say that he was discarding the fact that we once had smaller, slender players like Dennis Law, smaller players like Jimmy Johnson or Billy Bremner or Archie Gemmell. The point is, it, it, it's not about Nicola Sturgeon saying, well, Gordon was quite small, wasn't he? The point is, these smaller players, number one in Scotland's history, when have we ever gone through a qualifying stage of a group in a knockout tournament? Never, not once. It's only in the last 20 years, you mentioned it, since France 98, that we stopped qualifying for tournaments. And we're often there or thereabouts. But because we had small, talented players, we glorify them because they were gorgeous to watch. But was their life easier or was their life more difficult because of their height and their stature and their physical power? It was more difficult. Simple as that, as it was for Gordon, as it was for Jimmy Johnson, even for a warrior like Billy Bremner, whose technique was absolutely brilliant. And nobody should, should forget that. Now, Gordon might have expressed himself better, should have expressed himself better. He used the word um, behind, the phrase behind other people in, in genetics, about which he's 100 percent correct, but got smashed for and nobody listened to the message. Because he also used the word height or alluded to the fact that he might pick teams based on people's physicality in order to compete. Well, one, let me say this. It, it, was it his fault when two went up against England and the defence goes to sleep and it's easy for England to score? Was it the manager's fault? Is it the manager's fault in general when um, a set play uh, loses us qualification in Slovenia? I don't have a set answer, but my perception is no. You train, you set an environment, you ask your players to do drills. But set play work is predominantly better at clubs than at international level because of the amount of teaching time you've got with them. And secondly, let me remove my opinion, if not my voice, from this debate. The last interview I ever did with Johan Cruyff was one where he confirmed to me that his dream team was set up that he did not teach them set plays. And when at first under Johan Cruyff, Barcelona began to lose goals to set plays, one of the central defenders came to him and said, well, look, boss, you know, and he went, what do you expect me to do? I'm not your central defender. I'm not your goalkeeper. You're intelligent footballers. Work it out amongst yourselves how best you want to coach that you do not lose goals. You want to not concede corners and free kicks around the last third of the pitch? Do you have a specific thing where you want the keeper to come? And sort it out amongst yourselves. That was Johan Cruyff the single best brain in the history of organised football. I listened to Craig um, Bellamy talking about Martin O'Neill. He only had several months under Martin O'Neill, but his verdict was that although Martin O'Neill's teams had a reputation of being particularly good about scoring from and defending, 
um, set plays, Craig Bellamy at least said that he, they never, un, while he was at um, Celtic, never, they never worked on set plays. That he left the players to work it out for themselves. He asked them to attack the ball in an offensive and defensive situation, and asked for total commitment and asked them to 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 be at it on the best of the game, motivated all the time. Now there might be other people who worked under Martin O'Neill who've got a bigger, better development of what he did. But if if those who are criticising Strachan for using the word genetics or or mocking him and not listening to his message are picking on the fact that the set play wasn't well defended, then ask the players, look at the players. Principally, it's their fault, not the managers. And I don't just mean Gordon Strachan, I mean in general. And that's a fact. Beyond that, what I saw was the two further strands that, that I think is just inept level of debate for a country that should be wanting to improve rather than enjoy wallowing in the mire of we're not very good, but we think we are or we're not again. You know, there's, um, again, talking about Cruyff, when he came to Football Club Barcelona, his perspective was that, that, that there was a victim mentality, that they wanted to talk about winning in Europe, that they wanted to talk about Real Madrid, but they weren't phys- psychologically, physiologically, strategically prepared to do so. And in football terms in Scotland, that's, that's where I think we're going. I think the majority of people who opine about this are far happier wallowing around and thrashing and in invective and blame and slapping other people in the face and saying, well, it's this fault or it's that fault. O- open your ears and begin the debate. So, for example, right across the media, I heard this idea that, um, well, if, if Gordon's talking about being small or not being small, look at Messi, look at Iniesta, look at Xavi. Didn't stop them doing this or that or the next thing. Well, they weren't good because they were small. Being small, like Maradona also proved... It is something that you can turn to your advantage. But particularly if you're the single best player of your generation or your nation or in history. I heard people talking about a way to put Gordon Strachan's mention of genetics down by 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 comparing them to 1970s Brazil and the, the average height of the Brazil team and you know what was taken to be until maybe very recently the best international performance ever. Iniesta, Xavi, Messi. Where do we have an Iniesta, Xavi, Messi at any at any level of this, this Scottish international footballing setup? We don't. And when you when these people, you know, Collinson, I heard talking on Sky, uh, Clinton Morrison talking to Jim White, and the general sort of laughing and slapping each other on the back and pointing at the headlines was, well, it can't be right because look at these small players who win. Well, you know, I felt like I was listening to people, and all over Twitter too. I felt like I was listening to people who say like. Well, I've heard of something, therefore I'm going to mention it. That's not very good, is it? It's not enough use. When you work around these players, like Xavi's quote is the most pungent one for me. He always said, at the height of Spain and Barcelona's success, it is a disadvantage that so many of us in this team are small. When you play against big teams, particularly if the big teams are any good, you're at an enormous disadvantage. And that's the reason that our passing has to be and he used this phrase, Martin, 100% perfect all the time. He said, we have to be perfect during every game all the time or we'll lose. And, you know, one of the examples was Spain, when the majority of teams subsequently couldn't take the ball off them well enough. Is that something that Scotland showed as a national trait? I don't think so. In 2010, I had the good fortune not just to interview Xavi and talk about this or interview Johan Cruyff and talk about this. 
But to stand in the tunnel pre and post the Switzerland match, when Switzerland beat Spain, forcing them to become the only side ever to go forward, having lost the first game and then win the World Cup. And even though I'd been watching um, these these literally brilliant footballers um, for the majority of my life in Spain, via very small and slender, Xavi and Iniesta patently, obviously, not particularly big. I could, even some of the bigger fellas in the Spain team, they were actually dwarfed by... Um, by Switzerland, if I said in the book, I, I wrote about it. I said it felt like rowing boats or yachts against battleships. And as as as, as much trust as I had in these Spain players for their brilliance, for their strategical awareness, for their technical aptitude, for their winning mentality, for for their unity, for the fact that they were well coached, I, standing and looking at these people towering over them, I literally couldn't believe that on a regular basis these small men in red beat guys of that size. And in that day, they didn't. They lost. But beyond that, again, you know, it's 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 not because the players are small that they're great. It's because they're brilliant. And Gordon Strachan is somebody who's been begging our schools, our youth clubs, our national associations, our clubs to focus more on technique so that if we, if genetically where we are behind, we keep producing smaller or more slender players, then their technique could close the gap. But just on the point of genetics, you made the point clearly that because Gordon should have expressed himself better than he did and he allied the idea of we're genetically behind strictly to height, that isn't what he's talking about. The the degree to which the genetics in Scotland um, are behind other places are so blindingly obvious that it made me infuriated that nobody, either punters or media or ex-players, admitted it. You've got all kinds of studies here, including the Scottish government writing, a lack of fruit and vegetables in people's diet has been shown to be a risk factor in a range of serious health problems, such as heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, hypertension and obesity. Scotland's unhealthy diet is widely cited as a factor in its poor health record. Previous research has shown that children and young people in Scotland follow a diet that falls short of national recommendations and is less healthy than that of children in other European countries. There's your argument in a nutshell, except it's in a nutshell, so nobody in Scotland will eat it. You know, I live in a country whereby it isn't about necessarily height only. It's about athleticism. It's about recuperation. It's about metabolism. It's about how well you sleep, how often you sleep. It's about how often you use alcohol. What kind of alcohol, wine or beer and whiskey? Not at all. Smoking or not smoking, whether you've grown up um, outdoors, playing football of all different kinds or not. These are all things that over generations become genetic hand downs. And we in Scotland, we're not at it. Another point I want to make is that when I see the level of debate reduced to people being snide or like first year in secondary school jokes, whereby um, you get a picture of Andy Murray stripped to the waist on a tennis court, looking absolutely fantastic, looking like a, a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you know, the, the jokes are, well, you know, he seems to have coped well with his genetic, you know, imbalance. Well, when when Andy Murray was clearly, you know, age, as a teenager, one of the top world talents in terms of his technique, the thing that he suffered from most was cramping up or not having the energy to go five sets and stay as mentally alert as he needed to do or as physically strong as he needed to do. And he's taken that situation and changed it on his own with his exercise, with his diet, with his coaches. He wasn't born genetically as, as as good as Rafa Nadal. 
this is just a fact. I saw people talking about the rugby players. They come from a different strata of society in Scotland. Maybe their diet and habits maybe are are better. But Scotland, you know, in rugby terms, how often do we beat England? How often do we win rugby championships? How often are we able to compete against physically bigger, taller sides? Not often. There is a problem. It does affect our sport. Gordon Strachan nailed it. He was right. If you want to blame him for other things, if you want to call for him for to be sacked, Gordon Strachan is tough enough and <clears throat> big enough to be able to cope with that. But until Scotland's level of ability to listen and debate things properly improves, or even reach for proper facts, that goes for the media, that goes for the punters, that goes for ex-players. You know, I just, Martin, you know, I was outraged. Outraged that nobody was listening and that everybody will trot out the same for the next four years, whether it's Gordon Strachan, whether it's Michael O'Neill. And until things are, are grappled with at a basic level until somebody says, well, I didn't agree with the majority of what Gordon Strachan was saying there, but I absolutely know as a fact that he's right about the genetic problem. And that might be something that we can alter. Maybe that's something we can do, you know, we can change in our favour. Come on, goodness sake. I mean, I think one of the things we want to do here is try and open up the debate and hopefully try and raise the debate in some quarters as well. Um, so I would encourage our socios, um, followers on Twitter to kind of feed back to us in this when we put this audio out and uh, it'll be interesting to see your responses. That's right. I, I, don't, I, I won't have a problem if people in a measured way have a better argument or disagree and say I've got better evidence than you. Because I think that however well I've expressed myself, the foundation arguments were existed prior to what Gordon said. He said it in an imperfect way. And he he did what Gordon often does. He used that little um, sort of daft. He's got a wee daft Monty Python part of his brain. So we better get a big one and big men together. It's, you know, sort of quite funny in a, another context on another day. But it's very typical Gordon Strachan. But people let themselves be blinded because of that or blinded because of the fury of, of another, oh, look, we haven't quite done it. And, and, and will not take something useful that he said that that we know to be true and and only say he was trying to be defensive or he was trying to cover up his deficiencies. Go after those deficiencies all you want, everybody. Complain all you want about him. Ask for him to be moved on if you feel that's right. But don't seize on that word in a knee-jerk way and, and join in this culture where, Let's let's smash everything down because we don't want to confront change. We don't want to confront true ideas that seem uncomfortable. We don't want to confront stopping smoking, stopping drinking, stopping eating incorrectly. And we don't want to confront the fact that all of us together create a culture which combines to leave us where we are, literally and figuratively, just short. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Talking about women. Talking about women. Do you want to? Yes, let's do it. So just to give a bit of context, um, I mean, it almost beggars belief, really, but Argentina must beat Ecuador uh, tonight, um, half past midnight tonight, to guarantee a playoff place uh, against New Zealand. You know, the, the prospect of Russia next summer coming along without Messi um, is is almost unthinkable for me. Um Tease out um, the, the kind of backdrop to, to, to how they ended up in this position and, and, and what you expect to happen um, overnight. I, th- I think that you need to separate it out into three strata. There is a general perception, obviously, that because Messi is an exceptional footballer, maybe the best of modern times, maybe the best ever, maybe up there with whoever you feel from a group of Pelé or Maradona or Cruyff or... Beckenbauer or the Brazilian Ronaldo that you want to name, maybe simply on a pantheon. The first strata is that I think people find it hard to conceive that um, football is a a team game when you've got a genius. And that um, because Messi has routinely either dragged them to victory, whether it be in the Youth World Cup in Holland or whether it be the Olympic gold medal um, in, in, in Beijing, there is a perception that he should still be able to do that. And, you know, he, he missed games this this um, campaign because he retired and saw that without him, they were sunk and he needed to come back. He missed games where I think he was illegitimately banned. And one of the things that you cope with in South American football is beyond simply the, you know, the pretty incredible um, hostile conditions, whether it be in summertime or in wintertime, uh, in some instances, the altitude at which you have to play, and in some instances, refereeing displays which beggar belief, and um, pitches sometimes which beggar belief too. That's the, the the premium strata is that I think people find it impossible to believe that Leo Messi himself isn't enough to take Argentina to every tournament and make them, you know, at minimum dark horses to win every single tournament. And I, I think football has moved to a state whereby unless a good two-thirds, a good two-thirds of your team is moving in, in technical and tactical and um, philosophical harmony, then irrespective of whether you've got a genius or not, you've got problems. And I, and I think that if you look at Portugal, they are diametrically opposed. They, Cristiano Ronaldo does not have even a bronze generation, never mind a golden generation around him. 
but he had a block that was willing to utterly sacrifice itself, play a brand of football which was not particularly attractive, um, work extraordinarily hard in games where they didn't look as if they were going to be able to survive. And it brings them to a situation where they can win a European Championship even though they have to win the final without him. Argentina are not like that. And that's where the second strata comes in. They've used what? In this qualification, right? I mean, just jot this down. 45 footballers, four different um, central strikers in the last five games. And they've had to do so without Messi. They've had to do so in a situation whereby the third strata comes in the Argentinian FA is is shambolic. It was principally them um, and the way that they act. Some would say that they they give off the appearance of a of a federation which is in it for themselves, not in it for the team or for the national people or for um, making sure that they'll be Celeste as a chance of winning tournaments. Um, I will stop just short of using the word corruption, and I have stopped short of that. But I know that when Messi and tearfully announced after the last Copa America that he was uh, retiring. It was not about, I can't take more pain of defeat. I can't stand playing with Higuain anymore. And and, and his, his ability to miss chances that he would normally score for club sites. It, it was because of AFA, the Argentinian Football Association, and how hard it is to give them credibility, to feel like you're playing for them, to as as the world's premium um, footballer, to subject yourself to the, the stupidity and the lack of organisation that they show. Those are your those are your three, I think, man. Those are your three strata that leave Argentina. Um, I don't think that they've scored a goal um, from open play for what six or seven months. Um, the four um, without scoring, and they can't find a settled strategy. They can't find the right personnel, and they go into a situation now whereby they have to go to Ecuador. Um, they have to win. But I, I swear to you, as as ludicrous as this looks, no Aguero, uh, no Higuain, Dybala, who recently said. I find it hard to play with Messi and gave um, give birth to this brilliant, I don't know if it's a spoof or not, phone call from one Argentinian friend to other, ranting and raving and cursing at Dybala, just saying, give him the ball, you idiot. Never mind hard to play with him. He's the best player ever. Just give him the ball. And on and on and on it goes in beautiful Argentinian, starting quite laid back, starting as if he's laughing and ending up in a fury that's that would dwarf mine. So when you think about that, that you get no, um, quite often Icardi isn't playing, probably looks like Argentina's best chance of, of consistent goals. Higuain goes from somebody who scores a phenomenal percentage of goals for his club sides to somebody who literally looks like he's scared of his own shadow when he's playing for the national team. Doesn't regularly play. Dybala doesn't always play, probably won't start this evening. Um you, you look at the talent that, that's that's not on the pitch. Eva Banega probably won't play. And you think to yourself, if Sampa, I still believe if Sampaoli can somehow get a win in Ecuador, 
Ecuador who are missing key players, like for example Caicedo, you just sometimes hear the sound of dominoes faintly falling in your favour. And you're an expert, um, as is Neil, about going back and analytically looking at something and explaining it. And the more difficult thing is for all of us just to listen as the as the dominoes faintly start to fall in favour of something. You're not quite sure what you're hearing, but you suspect. And as bad as and if Argentina don't go through for all the other results, you know, at the, you know, then the last game at the Boca Juniors ground, the Bumanera, they play in Peru, they draw nil nil, they miss chance after chance. Messi plays really well, either makes his own chances or chances for others. And the ball just refuses to go in. But Ecuador are slightly under strength. There's um, a couple of vital games whereby um, Brazil is playing Chile and there's a magical um, Argentinian television uh, advert for the games tonight whereby it's got a series of Argentinians dressed up in the in the national strip of different ages through tears or gritted teeth or curses learning the words to the Brazilian national anthem. And it's absolutely fantastic because the rivalry between Argentina and Brazil is so pungent. It's a version of England-Scotland. And if Brazil um, can beat Chile, it's a massive advantage in the group because um, Chile's sitting third right now on 26. If Argentina were to win their game, there is a clear possibility of them going from out of the World Cup to direct qualification. So as much as the Argentinians despise Brazil, this advert, of all these fans of Argentina gritting their teeth and their stomachs churning, ready to vomit because they're going to sing the Brazilian anthem and pray for Brazil to beat Chile is some of the humour in this really polemic situation in South America right now. And the other big one, of course, is that Peru and Colombia, each of whom are um, a place ahead of Argentina, Peru um, ahead on head-to-head in goals, and Colombia ahead by a point. They play each other in Peru. So let's say Peru and Colombia draw, and Argentina win, and better still, Brazil beat Chile. Argentina are going straight to Russia, and Sampaoli suddenly has this this clutch of very good footballers and a chance, Martin, an outside chance of turning them into a group. And I think it was with you, O'Neill, recently I said, you know, this was at a stage when Scotland could qualify. I'd love to see Scotland lifting the World Cup, but I've got gentle and growing suspicion we might not see that in our lifetimes, you and I. Um, my attachment to Spain is is really, really, you know, now umbilical. And if it was, if I was to see Andres Iniesta as captain of Spain uh, lifting the World Cup in Moscow next summer, you wouldn't find me complaining. God, would I love to see Leo Messi <laughs> taking the World Cup in one hand and so developing a Rabsi Nesbitt, there you go, there you go. Um, and and well, it, it all begins tonight, it all begins tonight. Yeah. So, Brazil to pump Chile, Colombia and Peru to draw 1-1, and Argentina somehow to win in Ecuador, and they go straight through to Russia. If there's a god of football, please be listening. <laughs> Well, listen, we're going to do a follow-up podcast tomorrow yes, we are. For, for our socios, um, where I hope we're talking about Argentina having come through that game. Um, we're also going to do a wrap-up of other international games and campaigns. Um, we're going to touch on Spain. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the England under-17s? Um, yes, I, I guess, do. Yes, come I guess on, in the England. meantime... 
this has been the this has been the wee man's podcast today. Well, that was a Freudian slip there, listeners. When Martin said the word wrap up, ah, there was something in there. And if you listen to that back, you'll be going, "I think he's saying something there to Graham. I think he is. Do you know? I think they don't get they don't get on. It'll be genetics. <laughs> It'll be genetics." <laughs> Come on, the wee man, particularly wee Gordon Strachan, and listen, everybody. I ranted a bit. I got a bit rabsine as there, but my point is good. So if you are answering back, as Martin provocatively asked you to, make it at a high level, please. <laughs> Thanks very much, Graham. Graham's follow-up podcast on Argentina-Ecuador, plus his take on Spain's qualification campaign and much more, will be available on Wednesday, exclusive for our socials. Head to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to sign up now. Socios go over eight hours of bonus content every month, including an exclusive big interview. Sign up now and you'll get Graham's chats with Ledley King, Rafa van der Vaart and this month's socio-exclusive, Robbie Keane. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.